Hey, David. Yes. Do you have a friend that like, I don't know, you ask them to do something and then you ask them again and again, even though they tell you they're going to do it. Do you have, do you have a friend that you have to constantly remind all the time uh, to do like, things? Cause, because they forget. They're very forgetful. Yes. No. Now, yes, I do. It's fucking annoying being on the other it's, side of that. It's you. No, it's not me. <laughs> Sure, I forget to do some things, but this guy literally sends me to the store to pick him up something. And Monday in Ontario was a holiday. Yeah, but I I will go Tuesday when I go to work. And I said this to him multiple times. And then he's like texting me. You you said it once. You were out. You went out driving. And then I was like, okay, well, since you're already out, hit up the store. I was out driving. Yeah, well, you could have stopped off on your way home. Yeah, I wasn't just going to stop off at Walmart. I was supposed to meet you at multiple times on Monday to to record something for three men in a meatball. And that took forever, too. Well, you also decided to go to Guelph for lunch, so. <laughs> it was Brantford. Whatever. Same thing. Same, David, same but different. David and I are crispy today. And uh, yeah. You I'm know what's s- real crispy, though? The chicken sandwich I had the other day. And this episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Welcome, welcome to an exciting episode of the Scene on Screen podcast, where the only thing I want to talk about is the chicken sandwich I had the other day for lunch. David, what's up? Um, not a whole lot. Can I can I tell you about this chicken sandwich? Yeah, please do. Okay, so you know how, and like I've always stood by this. I think I've said it on the podcast a few times. When you go out to a restaurant to get chicken, chicken is easily the most easily fuck upable food. Because if you don't do it right, it'll be dry. Your last few bites are kind of like really tough to get through. Or it's too juicy and a little pink on the end. Like it's got to be perfect. I had this Carolina um, style fried chicken the other day. Sandwich. And the chicken was just beautifully crispy and spiced. And on the inside, like the inside of the breast was so moist. Like it was like you could rip it apart and you could see the chicken juices just oh. So good. Shout out to Sociable Kitchen. That's where we went. Huh. Yeah. You know what, you know what I did? Uh, what? Uh, I had a backyard movie night. Oh, we're getting into this right away. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about your chicken sandwich, all right? Um, do you know how many people would be like, where did you get that chicken sandwich? Yeah. But I just nobody... talked about the chicken sandwich. They'd be like, fuck, man, where'd you give that sandwich? I want one. I haven't heard anyone ever get that excited for a chicken sandwich. Then you, sir, are not living. <laughs> <laughs> You're living in the slow lane. So, semantics no, aside. So, so, before we get into um, backyard movie night, I uh, my my chicken sandwich equivalent is I upgraded my monitor. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me all about a garlic bread pizza. Oh, uh, no, but it's been a while since I've had one of those. I, I was thinking of making another one. You could just buy it for $5. Yeah. You know what I actually speaking of garlic bread pizza, you know what I saw the other day? A picture of pizza 
with kiwis on it. No, pass. The, I know the uh, the caption was um, pineapple fans and foes. It is time for us to band together for our common enemy. <laughs> that is the equivalent of putting ketchup on a pizza. Well, or being like, ketchup hey, is kind you... of already on a pizza when you think about it, because no, ketchup but... is mashed up. Potato. Okay, but would you, would <laughs> you turn around and dip your the the corner of your ketchup into or the corner of your pizza <laughs> into ketchup? Well, no, no, you wouldn't. No, you no, wouldn't. that's gross. But also, people put like whole tomatoes on on a pizza and call it a day. Yes, but they're also not taking the crust and just ripping it in a bowl of ketchup. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, I upgraded my monitor. Congratulations. This, this is, um, there's a funny story about this. Well, it's not really funny. It's kind of depressing. It's, just, it's a tale of pandemic purchases. So way back, pre, pre-pandemic, when everyone was happy and go lucky with their lives, nothing in the world mattered, right? Other than their chicken sandwiches. I decided to upgrade my monitor to a beautiful 32-inch HDR LG monitor. Great little, not even little. It This thing's, this thing's freaking massive. So anyway, so it was at my parents' house because at the time, that's where I was uh, living. Dwelling. Yeah, with my original roommates. So I ended up... Uh, leaving it there as I moved in with my significant other. And the other day we were uh, there for my backyard movie night. And I was, I was telling my she who shall not be named. I was like, Oh, like I totally forgot. I had that monitor. I bought it for everyone. She's like, Oh, you can bring it over if you want. Like, why not? So I did. This thing takes up like three quarters of my desk. But uh, the funny thing is, so I bought this almost, like over a year ago. So I was going through the settings and it tells me how long it actually says how long of uh, like how long it's been on. Right. Yeah. And I send you a picture of this. I had only used this monitor for 21 hours. Like that's how new this thing is. So it's like, yeah, sure. I bought it like a, over a year and a half ago, maybe, but it's still a brand new monitor. And soon I'm going to have two, not two 32 inches. I'm going to put my 24 inch up, but yeah, man, like it feels like, I don't know when you get a new monitor. It's so nice. Oh, for sure. I mean, I wish I had the, uh, the ability to have my two 24s beside each other, but well, you do, but well, you just like, choose not to set it up like that. Horizontal, horizontal. Yeah, you totally do. Um, yeah, but I also kind of threw out the hardware for the rest of the brackets. Oh my god! Yeah, so hold on. You bought uh you bought uh like the monitor arms, right? Yeah, but and you it, didn't save the other stuff that you that came with it. I think I saved one extension, not two. Oh, uh, you fool! You fool! Yeah. Oh, man. So my my only gripe with this monitor is it's so it's a third two inch. It's a 1080p monitor. So with Windows, everything's kind of big. Like I can't make things smaller unless I set up like a, like I I trick Windows into 
allowing a higher resolution than than what's displayed on the monitor. But you know, the coolest thing is it's an HDR monitor. So um, I have I have like a switch dock. I have an extra switch dock hooked up to it. That's kind of cool. I know the switch doesn't display like HDR stuff, but the colors on this monitor it actually has an HDR. What's it called? It's like a um, HDR mode or something like that. Hold on. I don't know. I don't Picture even know mode. the brand of monitor. I know it's called wanted. HDR effect on this. This is an LG monitor. It's called HDR effect. So it's kind of like just makes darker, like blacks darker and whites brighter and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. But uh, I was playing some games on uh, my switch on this monitor the other day, and it actually looks so good. It's so nice. But uh, yeah, speaking of large monitors, though. I mean, that that's how I felt <laughs> with uh, when I had my Xbox originally on like my 24s. And now I have my Xbox on my beautiful 32 inch 4K gaming monitor. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy to think, though, that like way back in the olden days, the dark ages, we were using like 27 inch TVs and those were big at the time. Yeah, but realistically speaking, and I I think I've learned this a lot playing like a lot of FPSs, you want a smaller field of view. Like, I don't understand these people that can play Call of Duty on like a 50 inch like TV. Well, it depends on how far you're sitting from it, though, right? Like, yeah, this monitor, I'm I'm sitting fairly close to it. I'm probably about like two feet away from it. So I'm I'm pretty close. So uh, looking from side to side on the monitor, I kind of have to move my head. It's it's that large. So playing first person shooters and stuff like that might not necessarily be uh, the easiest thing on this monitor. But uh, that's also why two feet away from a 32 inch monitor. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Maybe three feet, three feet. How far away are you from the back of your desk? What are you talking about? The desk isn't very like far. Well, you've seen my desk. I maybe like from where from where I sit to where I play. I'm probably less than two feet away. You know, how do you know how long a foot is, right? Yes. 30 centimeters. No. Yeah. 12 inches. So you're saying that you're less than 30 centimeters away from your monitor. No. Are you like leaning in towards it? I'm I'm barely two feet away. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, you, pro- you, you probably are just over two feet. No, but you, uh, you were saying you had a movie night. Yeah. So, for all you people out there who have backyards, I highly recommend investing in a projector and a large projector screen. Uh, it makes for some great movie nights and camping, and just like if you go to the car. Co- oh, you- yeah, maybe that's. Good idea. Go to the cottage and bring a projector screen. Play some Mario Kart and shit outside at night. Anyway, so um, yeah, I have a 110-inch outdoor projector screen. I guess you could set it up indoors if you really wanted to, but it's on like a big stand and stuff like that. Uh, I got a projector last summer. It was like a $300 projector. I don't know why it was $300. It's like a shitty projector. Uh, Walmart had it on for like $99. And it came with a Roku streaming stick. That alone was like 45 bucks. So anyways, so uh, 
at least once or twice a summer, we, uh, my, my siblings and my mother and my father, we get all together, set up this projector in our backyard because we have like a fire pit back there and all huddle around the flames and watch the movies. That's really so, cool. Last summer, we what we watched The Other Mindy. Is that what it is? It was like the uh, David Spade movie. Yes, I never I, I didn't actually see it, but I've heard it's pretty good. It was it was actually pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. But uh, this year we set it up and uh, the, the latest movie out there right now was uh, Jungle Cruise. So uh, we we uh, acquired that through streaming services that they are available on and uh, watch Jungle Cruise with Dwayne the Walk Johnson. Oh, and was it cash or crap? Uh, you know what? Okay, you know the uh, you, you know Ace Ventura, the meme where he's kind of like laughing to himself with like his eyes rolling back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I imagined every time there was like a pun or a one liner or they did something in that movie. No way. It's not. It's not a bad movie. Um. So for anyone who doesn't know what Jungle Cruise is, it's a Disney ride. So this movie is literally made based off of a Disney, like a Disneyland theme ride. Um, it was, it was not bad movie. It was enjoyable. It's, it's clearly made for, um, people of all ages, right? Like the youngest person watching the movie with us on the weekend was like 26 not even like 23, 24. So, you know, we're all adults and, you know, we, there's a lot of good, funny jokes in there. Um, clearly it was made to be a cash grab for Swain Johnson. It did really well this weekend. 35 mil. It, it did. Uh, yeah. Like, and I'm not, I'm not disappointed in it. You know what I mean? Like it, I was satisfied when it ended. You know, like when you when you get a movie and you're like, go in with no expectations, but you still feel disappointed. Yep. Right. I went in with no expectations and I was like, hmm, pleasantly surprised. Uh, it it kind of had. Well, oh, what was the other one that they uh, Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean, depending on uh, who you ask. That was based off of a, a ride as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that turned into a pretty great franchise. I don't know if this can turn into a franchise because it's uh, a fairly contained story, I would say. But, you know, it uh, it was pretty solid. I bet you in a week, The Rock's like, oh, my God, it was so good. I'm going to be the next Black Superman plus Jungle Cruise 5 is coming out. (laughs) Jungle Cruise 5, yeah. (laughs) Jungle Cruise 5, back to the jungle. Um, It was... There was parts of it that felt a lot like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, though. Like, they took some of the plot points from the first Pirates movie and incorporated it casually into Jungle Cruise. Um, Because that was the Curse of the Black Pearl, right? That was with Davy Jones. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I've only seen three of four. No, Davy Jones is the one with the uh, tentacle. He's like the tentacly guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, do, well, I don't honestly remember the movies. The first one was uh, with the, the pirates that when they went into the moonlight, they turned into skeletons, right? 
I honestly, man, don't remember. Holy man, like what the hell? Anyway, so it kind of had Pirates of the Caribbean vibes to it. Um, but overall, you know what? I would I would recommend watching it. If you were like if it's a Friday night or a Saturday night and you're like, you know what? I'm not feeling something too serious, but I'm not feeling something too silly. I just want to be entertained. It is a perfect middle ground entertainment film. Um, so I just typed in Jungle Cruise 2 question mark. Oh my god. Jungle Cruise <laughs> 2 is probably going to happen. Here's what we need to know. Welcome to the jungle. Again, again. This was published yesterday. Uh because Dwayne the Rock Johnson has put his name on something. There's definitely going to be a second one. And a third. I, one. I honestly don't even know how they could do it because like without spoiling the movie it ends fairly significantly done over. All right. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me riddle you this Batman. All right. Uh, Jumanji. Did you think they were going to remake it? Like no. re like, so remake the Robin Williams one. Yes. Uh, no, because, like there was no way anybody would have thought that would have been reimagined. And the rock did it. And then they were like, like, welcome to the jungle pretty good movie right mm-hmm. and then what was called the next one called Ju- uh jumanji um reloaded <laughs> the matrix reloaded something i don't know <laughs> Jum- jumanji the next level that's right and now we know there's a jumanji 3 coming out or canon wise jumanji 4 well did they connect the first jumanji like the or I guess the rock Jumanji to the Robin Williams Jumanji. Yeah, because they they talk about oh what was his kid that kid's name. Oh that's true, yeah. Yeah, so they bring it all up. But if you're looking at this in a like just a a rock standpoint, I'm pretty sure Jumanji the next Jumanji in this series is already in pre production. I wouldn't be surprised. Because like the way they ended it like the you remember like they or um all the creatures kind of came to um the real world if oh yeah because the ostrich at the very end running past the bar that's true um I, I i don't know i just that's one of those things where i i'm starting to be like i'm starting to get sick of the rock and our game proved it right it's it's what was another actor that was like that you know where they would they just every movie that they were in chris you know, rock chris Tucker, <laughs> adam sandler wait you can't really talk yeah no i there i think the rock needs to stop making movies for like four or five years go back to wrestling or something like that if he does that you do know he's just gonna be like yo so uh i'm president now i don't know they left it open, and I think they're going to do it. Do you know what movie's probably not going to get a sequel now, though? Black Widow. <laughs> was it ever potentially going to get a sequel? Probably not, but now uh, Scarlet has just made sure of it. Yeah. Uh, so here's what you need to know. This about... is um, a classic case of shooting yourself in the foot. Um, I don't think so. But I, I'm 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 interested to hear your thoughts. So news came out this week that Scarlett Johansson, or last week, 
has sued Disney for breach of contract in the terms of her contract in the release or in regards to the release of Black Widow theatrically and on Disney Plus. And you know what? Somebody was bound to do it. There was going to be an actor that was going to be upset that their movie was going straight to streaming. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be somebody in the Justice League. For sure. Because, you know what, they were just remaking those movies anyways, right? Yeah, but also, if you're in a Justice League movie, you should just be happy that your movie's actually being released. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But also, all the Warner Brothers movies went straight to... Um, what they were all on Amazon Prime and HBO Max, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what we know. Scarlet is upset. Which is a, a fair understanding. Uh, poor Scarlet. So I'm going to read one part of the, the complaint from Black Widow. Okay. So this is for anybody who cares. You can find the entire complaint on the internet. But in uh, November 2019, there was an agreement made between Disney and Disney's uh, properties to create Disney+. Plus. Um, it's going to be a flagship subscription video on demand service leading up to the launch of many of Marvel's and Star Wars' biggest titles in which a lot were going to be used, much like the Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu platforms, as well as acquiring Star to do the same. In order to convince many consumers that Disney Plus was going to be worth the $7 a month, or 8 now, I guess, for the monthly service fee, they had to include big properties opposed to just their old stuff, entering some of the greatest content we've seen in the last two years for streaming. Some of the uh, the Marvel Cinematic short, like series, mm-hmm. looking at The Mandalorian, even some of the movies that have come straight to uh, Disney+, Plus, like Soul. You didn't have to pay for that one. But you Which had was to surprising. Pay, but you had to pay for that dragon one. What was it called? It, Raya? Uh, yeah, and The Last Dragon. They And Disney Plus has had a rocky start to this. We're going to video on demand it. So it, they did. Um, they did Mulan. They did Black Widow. Um, Cruella. And what was that other cartoon movie they did? They did Rhea and they did. Wait, the, um, the one starring Chris Pratt and uh, Tom Holland, the Dungeons and Dragons one. But I'm pretty sure that might have been free. Oh, um. Oh, think, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I forget what it's called now. Yeah, me too. Um, but that's okay. So here's the line from the. Um, that I find interesting from the original complaint. In light of these announcements, Miss Johansson's representative sought assurances that Marvel would hold up its end of the bargain with respect to theatrical releases of the picture guarantees in her contracts. In response, Marvel's chief counsel confirmed that Miss Johansson's uh, two Miss Johansson's representatives in May 2019. We totally understand that Scarlett's willingness to do these films. Uh, and her whole deal is based on the premise that the film would be widely theatrically released like all of our other pictures. We understand that they should plan, uh, should the plan change, 
we would need to discuss this with you and come to an understanding that the deal is based on a series of very large box office bonuses. Why is this important? Because Black Widow is doing fairly well theatrically. It did release a week later in most parts of Canada because Mm -hmm. of lockdowns. But Disney's also not giving Scarlet, Florence, and the rest of the cast any of the performance bonuses based on the $60 million it's already accrued for Disney Plus purchases. That's a little shady. It's a little shady. And Disney's biggest response was, well, you guys didn't take into account a global pandemic. And I understand um, Disney and Kevin Feige were like, hey, let's delay Black Widow, which screwed up some of the chronological order of some of the stuff that we've seen in the last little bit, um, including Loki. And um, WandaVision, thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. But I just had to think of the thing that you hated the most and it came right to my head. (laughs) Um, I'm at the side of the actors here. I understand they get paid exorbitant amounts of money. And from what I've read, I'm about eight of 18 pages into this thing, which has a lot of technical jargon. Like it's talking about like her first movie in Iron Man two and all that other stuff. She has been one of the faces of the Marvel franchise for years. That's like, it's, you can't argue it. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. I think Disney tried to release it digitally and did her a little dirty. That's my, Um, my I don't know. Like the movie, how many times was the, the, how many times was the movie delayed? Twice. Once because the entire world shut down Mm -hmm. and then they were going to move it to, I believe December of last year, but the entire Um, world was still shut down. Incorrect, because if you remember right, most of Canada reopened in July, and the United States opened a month before that. Yeah, but you said December. Yes, yes, yes. And then I know where I was at the time, like I was living in Toronto. We shut down in November and didn't really open up again until like three weeks ago. Yeah, so things like were shut wild, down right? in December. Yes, so they de- they delayed it again on that. It's just it's an interesting I I think it it came down to it. Like so here's the thing. I have little sympathy for rich people who are bitching that they're not getting more money. Um one hundred percent go on. <laughs> you know, her her job I is she, she doesn't have to deal with as much bullshit as like ninety nine percent of the world's population, right? Um, She can snap her fingers and have someone bring her a gold-plated Big Mac if she wanted, right? Um, So, yeah, she still made a shit ton of money off of the theatrical release of Black Widow, even though it wasn't as widespread. But here's the thing. Even if they only release it in theaters, right? Yes. And not on Disney Plus, it doesn't mean that more people or a significantly a significant number of more people would go see it in theaters. 
right? So like say theaters only made $60 million. So that's because majority of theaters were still closed. People are still not necessarily feeling safe going to theaters um, or whatever reason they could have, right? If they only release it in theaters, what could that be? Maybe another $10 million, maybe another $20 million that it, it still wouldn't be a significant amount as if, you know, pre pandemic time and the movie came out, excuse me, the movie came out. So she's, she's suing Disney over the fact that they released the movie on both their streaming platform and theaters. Like they still did their due diligence and re- like they could have just completely kiboshed releasing it in theaters altogether. They absolutely could have. Right. And they could have and, just digitally released, but then they would then, have to rework a contract. But they could have been like, oh, well, we decided due to pandemic reasons for the safety of everyone, we're going to just release this on Disney Plus and then really screwed her over on her her contract. Right. But they still release it in theaters. She still made a shit ton of money on it. You know, even if it was like 2%, what's 2% of $60 million? A lot of money. A buttload of money, right? The, More money than what like either of us are going to make in our entire lifetime. Yeah. The, right? the, the problem is, and it's not anything to do with um, quibbling over money that was lost because she's being greedy. Because like, I think even for industry standards right now, she's underpaid compared to her male co-stars, which is another conversation altogether. Um, considering she's carried a few films on her own, just saying. Or she's been a better complimentary piece than some other pieces. What the problem is, is it's the lack of good faith and the fact that they manipulated the contract without negotiating how it would get paid out. So as an example, if you were paid on performance in your current job and you were expected to do X amount of things per year and you weren't able to do that because of a global pandemic, you would be like, hey, can I renegotiate this? Because if I'm supposed to have some sort of guaranteed bonus structure, how can I renegotiate that? Mm -hmm. In my personal job, I have to renegotiate because part of my salary structure is bonus based or bonus laden. And I can't receive a bonus if there's nobody to sell to, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. at least like in my situation, like the company I work for is very like, they're doing a, like a, a fairly good job being reasonable about what, you can expect from a bonus Mm -hmm. in this situation. What, from what I'm reading and from everything I've kind of listened to and looked into it's, Hey, Scarlett, you made a movie. And if it makes a hundred million dollars in theaters, which almost every single movie Marvel movie does Mm -hmm. by X amount of time, you're going to get a $3 million bonus. Ha ha. We made a hundred million dollars in the first like two days, but sixty million of that was because of streaming. Oh, by the way, your friends in Canada can't go to the movie theaters. That's where it's murky because if the movie's still making the same amount of money, she should still be receiving her bonuses. I'm always one for equal and fair pay when the opportunity is there, but I'm a firm believer that if you've signed a contract in any situation whatsoever, your contract needs to be fulfilled. And if the contract is clear that you get a bonus based on the performance of said film, you should that should be honored no matter how the money is acquired. The same thing's happening right now with Emma Stone and Cruella, where she's contemplating joining the uh, creating it a joint lawsuit opposed to going on her own and being like, hey, Cruella was the same thing. We just made this like 
awesome movie about a Disney villain. And you stifled me by putting on Disney plus mm-hmm. nobody cared about Mulan. So whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny thing is Mulan had a whole other controversy around it at the time, right? Yeah. So. No singing dragon. What kind of bullshit? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> I, so it's weird, but it's I like, understand. I understand the reasoning behind it and the, and like, and your point of view and their point of view, right? Like the, the Disney made X number of dollars on this, these films and their contracts with the, the actors were written up at a time when they weren't necessarily thinking of either the Disney plus platform or releasing their movies on that platform. Right. Uh, yeah. I th- I wonder if now, if the pandemic never happened, would we still have Disney Premier Access? Would they still be charging for these movies on Disney Plus, or would they still just be doing their traditional theatrical release for X number of weeks and then on Disney Plus later? Uh, for my for my answer, I would say yes. I think some parents and I know some parents who have done this. It's the greatest thing for them. They look at it as do I spend $30 and I can watch this movie on limited amounts of time? Well, no, no that's not, that's not what I'm saying though. No, but I'm you're saying, saying, would they still do it? I think no, they will. No, yes. Would Disney have done it? Oh, I not, think not I think if, it was, yeah, not if would parents or people still pay for it. I'm saying if, if the pandemic, like if the world, the last, you know, 18 months never happened, you know, COVID wise, would Disney and other, you know, movie companies still be on their traditional theatrical release and then streaming services later? So remember remember when um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like the sequel came out, that was a Netflix film and it was a big deal because they released it on Netflix at the same time as it was released in theaters. Yes. And there was like, people were really kind of taken back by that because you could go to the theater, you could pay to see it in the theater or you could watch it for free on Netflix, but it still made money in theaters. Like I I think that movie itself wasn't, um, you know, a big blockbuster, right? People weren't dying to see it, but it was still an interesting, uh, like an interesting um, brain fart test. Yeah, it was it was a good test <laughs> of of what the market would do for that, and I think honestly, I think um, Disney, pro- well, being Disney, you know, they love money. They probably would have eventually started a, like a, a a premium premium tr- streaming option, right? Like pay for these movies and stuff like that. But I don't think it would have been as aggressive as aggressive. As aggressive, wow! I'm having a hard time talking this time. Uh, as it has been over the last eighteen months, because theaters are still where Disney's making a, a shit ton of money, right? Because sure, you know, there's 180 million people with Disney Plus subscription, but there's more than 180 million people that go to the theaters. Yeah. Right, and those people would go to the theaters multiple times to see the same movie. Right, so 
they're they're making that money multiple times for those people that go to see a movie multiple times. And I know like there's Marvel fans, there's DC fans that they will go see those movies multiple times in the theater. Right. So they're making twice as much money off of the same person versus uh, someone buying a movie for 35 bucks and just getting to watch it as many times as they want at home. Yeah. I think with these contracts, they were written at a time when, this wasn't a thought, right? It's not, I, I find it hard to believe that there were some big Disney executives that were all like, Hey, 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 we're going to put this in their contract, but secretly behind closed doors in the Disney vault, we're going to be releasing these movies on streaming services for money as well. So right? ju- just to stop you there. Um, she was already recording that film at the end of Endgame. Mm-hmm. So this like Disney plus was conceived in 2019 and a quote out of uh, Kevin Feige was all I could tell you is that the past three years since Bob Iger brought me into this office and talked about the streaming platform that would eventually become Disney plus uh, he asked us to start working on programs for it. Uh, our long lead in plan was to have the MCU and storytelling woven between weekly episodic big swings on Disney plus, as well as big features going into both theaters and on Disney plus that was a quote from 2019. Mm-hmm. So she would have entered that final movie deal on her contract sometime in 2019. They would have revised it. Cause this is what like the conversations that are documented or at least here, the you're, you're right. I don't think Disney ever maliciously was like, ha 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 ha. But Disney also knows what they're doing, right? They delayed free guy, which stars Ryan Reynolds to outside of the weaker. Um, they quote it mm-hmm. marketplace recovery. Uh, on May 24th, 2021, Disney's Mr. Chapek openly admitted that the theatrical market was still very, uh, fairly weak from the pandemic and predicted that the marketplace would recover more fully And that type of exclusive theatrical distribution will make much more sense for Disney movies by the end of the summer, such as Free Guy and Shang-Chi. They're going to be released in August and September. He offered no explanation as to why Black Widow, a guaranteed box office smash with the Marvel name in a pre-pandemic world, would be released as things are reopening in July. So I think they're all like, I guess her people are also arguing like, what if you've delayed it this long, why can't you delay it two more weeks? Mm hmm. Which, I mean, potato, tomato. Well, it's also not something that... It's it's not like having plans with your friends where you can be like, oh, you know what? It's going to rain this weekend. Let's just hang out next weekend, right? Yeah. There's a lot more steps involved to having movies released in theaters and having stuff on, you know, on a streaming platform or, or whatnot, being accessible. Um. So sure, maybe they, they could have delayed it again, but at the same time, they've delayed it so many times. And after a while of something being delayed and and we see this all the time with video games, you know, games that we've been waiting for, they'll be delayed and delayed and delayed. And eventually the game comes out and you're like, oh shit, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, no, you're not, you're not wrong. And I think with black widow, that was starting to happen. I honestly didn't even realize that it had released when it did because it had been so long since we had originally waited for it. 
and then we knew it was delayed and then there was like nothing no advertisements nothing really that i saw and it just kind of came out of nowhere yeah like the, um, the same thing with, sorry go ahead same thing with um greyhound is another film uh that's the tom hanks war movie about uh he's like a captain of it's their greyhounds they're like uh ships yeah. that defended um ships going across the english channel during world war ii that movie was supposed to release in theaters and i remember i was working at uh, a video store at the time and people were wondering like when that movie was coming out when it was coming out it kept being delayed and delayed and then eventually it was just released on on apple tv right and i had totally forgot about it until like maybe a month ago and there's a lot of people that I had talked to that were interested in that film, but then because it never actually came out, so to speak, right? It it became it it eventually released on a not a closed platform, but I would say not one that as many people have compared to Disney Plus or Netflix or Prime Video. It was kind of a forgotten film. It's a great film, but it was more or less forgotten. And I think with Disney, with this aspect of, you know, Black Widow, Cruella, um, that other one, Mulan. No, not Mulan. Yeah, Mulan. (laughs) All of those films, if they delay them for so long, then the interest in them starts to dwindle and fade away. You know, you're you're 100 right, and like, what was what was the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds that's coming out? Fall guy, free guy, which free comes guy. in two weeks. So I remember seeing the trailer for that, and it feels like so long ago, and it looks so good, and I want to see it. But then, you know what? I the only reason why I remembered that that movie was coming out is because when we were hanging out the other weekend, I saw a poster of it on the side of one of the malls, like the Cineplex there. And I totally forgot about that movie completely. And you know what? That movie would pr- come out in two weeks, and I probably wouldn't even have noticed. I don't think it's going to do that great, but I guess we'll have to play cash or crap next week and make our decisions known. Um, you, you're right, though. And like the crazy part about it is like the more I read and the more I see, the accusation is fairly obvious as to what it is. Um, I'm going to read you one more quote and then we can move on to our next subject because I find this fascinating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just as these news outlets predicted and Miss Johansson feared, the picture's box office receipts for its opening weekend were significantly below opening weekend performance from Marvel's previous films. uh, And they had suffered a steeper than normal decline. Since then, in short, Disney's strategy to lure viewers away from theaters and towards Disney Plus has worked. There could be no doubt that Disney's conduct was knowing and intentional. Indeed, as re- uh, recently as March 1st, 2021, so this year, which seems odd, uh, Mr. Chappick publicly acknowledged the shortening or eliminating the standard exclusive theatrical window would cut the legs off a theatrical exhibition run. Yet he and Disney have done just that, notwithstanding and not in disregard of Marvel's contractual promises. I'm very interested to see what happens with Shang-Chi. Because if Shang-Chi is supposed to drop on the September long weekend, and it's also straight to on demand, Mm -hmm. uh, Scarlett, Emma Stone, Florence Pugh, all these people that are slowly joining. And like Florence probably would be smart to be like, hey, I'm staying out of this. I want to be in Marvel for a while. Scarlett's done like eight movies. 
But for these bigger actors like Scarlett, like Emma Stone, like Emily Blunt, who is apparently upset about Mary Poppins Returns. The Revenge of Sherry Bobbins. Which like is also crazy because if... Uh, nice. If Emily Blunt gets involved, <laughs> she could lose her rumored role as um, Invisigirl in the Fantastic Four. Well, or Sue Storm. Sue Storm, sorry. Not, not oh, I was going to say, if she was Invisigirl, then they didn't, don't even need a, an actor for that. Yeah, um, she would be Sue Storm, um, who is the Invisible Girl. There, I nailed it. But those are three massive Oscar-nominated actresses taking on Disney right now. It still comes down to them being like, ah, give me more money. I I'm not see. I don't fully agree with that. I think it's <laughs> they are they are fighting for their contract. And as I said to somebody else today, you would do the exact same thing if your contract got disrupted and you would try and renegotiate it. Would you not? In your job, if you had a bonus-laden contract or you had a contract that depended on certain things to happen and then your business changed their model, you would fight for money that you would lose. That's not you being greedy. That's you being adequately paid for what you've done. And I have to take the side of that. I can't be like, okay, these people are greedy. Because at the end of the day, if you sign a contract, just like any other contract, if it is written, it is rule. Yeah, so they they're getting paid based off of uh, the theatrical ticket sales. Yes, and <laughs> broken good faith. But well, nowhere did it say, at least you know, unless they release the contracts. Um, nowhere does it say, or do we know that it says that it doesn't? Uh, Disney's not allowed to release the film on any other platform. Uh, it doesn't say that, but I'm still not done. It is a fascinating read. I sent it out to you. Like, I mean, legal jargon is a bunch of hard stuff to kind of follow. Like, I love this. It's like section 15, um, line 5, subsection 54. And then it has like one line of stuff. (laughs) Like, okay. Or subsection 56 on line 9. At all relevant times, Disney was aware of the agreement and its terms. That's that's one line. Mm-hmm. Legal stuff is fun. Do you know what else is fun? When companies release all their financials and we get to learn about it. And if we weren't right already, I think we're in the age of the Xbox. And I can't say even we're, we're in the, like, I think it anymore. I can confidently say, unless Sony really changes something, we're at, we're at the dawning of a, a new era in the, the console gaming war. And I don't even think it's close. What do you mean we're in a new era? We're in a well, new era. Well, technically we are, yeah, because it's a new generation, but... I don't know. Money's we, we are at money's, the dawn. Companies are racking in the money, raking in the money. <laughs> yes, but the the funny part about it is like so, Sony's only getting probably a third of what the PlayStation Five is actually selling for. I know, right? <laughs> Which is wild to think about. Like so I saw one the other day for fifteen hundred dollars. It's like why? 
you know, people, that's, that's people, if they're desperate enough, they'll pay for it. But if people are patient enough, you'll be able to get one at retail price. Notwithstanding, if you needed one for whatever reason, like maybe it's a gift, you had to have it. What is the absolute most you would have paid if it wasn't available at retail? A hundred over? No, I would, I would give them a picture of it saying, I will get this to you when I can. So you've never, okay. <laughs> Cause you, you like to not play games because you're less fun than you used to be. Um, what are you talking about? You've never overpaid for something on the market to make sure you got it. Um, like I've overpaid for things all the time, but I've also underpaid for things. That's how I call nego- I call that self-negotiation. I can't say I've ever purchased a console or handheld for more than uh, MSRP. Okay, so what is something that you've bought for higher than MSRP? Like I've bought some collectibles for like $20, $30 more than I probably should have. But I've also bought some collectibles for like $20 or $30 less than I should have. You know what? I honestly cannot think of like off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that I've purchased for over like suggested retail price, even like secondhand. Interesting. Wow, you've got some willpower. I, I do. It's called being cheap. No, it's called being frugal. Now, if you were being cheap, you're always paying less. Like I will negotiate for a lot of things and try and get it lower than I can mm-hmm. if I'm in a situation where bartering is available. For See, sure. I'm, Absolutely. I'm always I'm always gonna look for a, a deal. So if say there's a game that I'm I'm interested in, we'll say a board game because uh, that's more common for me to find sales on that. I will shop around. I will find the store or the retailer that has it at the best price, even if it's you know a few bucks. But then I'll also compare the price after tax and any shipping costs that are involved. Um, and generally, I'll go for the cheapest option. Um, I am also what is called a patient gamer where I will wait, you know, six months to a year to play a game. Like I just picked up Ghost of Tsushima, I don't know, three, four months ago, right? That game came out how long ago? Uh, forever ago. Right? Two years? Something like that. Not Maybe not two years, but uh, fairly uh, close. Coming he was up, in maybe... contention for game of the year at the end of 2019. Yeah, maybe like it coming up on two years, right? Um, yeah, I picked that up for like 30, 30 bucks and you know, the, the games don't change. The only, the only downside to being a patient gamer is that if, if I'm getting a game that is, uh, say like primarily online, then I'm playing catch up to everyone else who has had the extensive amount of time to play the gaming, become very good at it. They call that Davidin. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Davidine's completely different. Davidine is buying a game, playing it for like a week straight, and then never touching again for like three years. Um, I honestly cannot think of like I, I'm gonna do some homework, and I will see if I can think of anything that I paid more than what it's worth. Um, to to acquire it. And you, you do that and then you yeah, get back to me. I, I will. Um, like I've paid a few like for a few Frisbees that were collectibles a few dollars more, but then I flipped them. 
and I made my money back easily. Plus made some money. You just got, you got to know, sometimes you got to like fight the market, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Anyways, when you're looking at um, Xbox right now, they announced a $15.37 billion revenue from 6.5 million Xbox Series XS sales. Cha-ching. Mm-hmm. And do you know why they're outselling their competition? Because game. they made more consoles. Well, yeah, and also <laughs> Game Pass is um, is pretty much a no-brainer. Yes, that is not factored into that calculation, is it? No, but, like that's console sales. But when yeah. you think about it, you know, if I can buy a console and then purchase a subscription for 120 bucks for the year, we'll say. Or right? 160 Canadian, yeah, go on. Yeah, something like that. And have access to a massive library of games, including new games the day that they release, then yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to choose that console over the competition. Um, I think the Xbox, I think Microsoft has done a great job at um, reaching out to people or trying to connect to the gamers who were on the fence about which system to get or who were curious about the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, they'll never get to the hardcore PlayStation and Nintendo fanboys, right? I always laugh at like the, the Twitter threads that I see where someone posts something about Xbox and then uh, someone's always like, oh, well, Xbox doesn't have any games. And it's like, what year is it? Like that, that was an argument from, you know, 2010, if that, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that the fact that Microsoft has Game Pass as a, and, and they are pushing it hard, that has really pushed towards the, uh, the increased revenue for the Xbox. Oh, 100%. Like, imagine if Sony, like, I, I know you, most people can't buy a PlayStation 5, um, but if Sony had really pushed their PlayStation Now platform to be somewhat the equivalent of Game Pass, that would make, that that would go to, that would put the PlayStation 5 in direct competition with the Xbox in terms of um, content. You know, it's it's no secret that the PlayStation that Sony has had the better exclusives and they have the superior single player experiences, right? But can you imagine if Sony had PlayStation Now with their first party games coming to PlayStation Now day one and you can play them on PlayStation 5, right? Spe- that, that would be huge. How quickly could you get sued? Could you imagine if Sony released the same thing? Why would why would you get sued? Well, I mean, they could steal the idea. I guess it's intellectual property. Well, like they have their streaming platform, right? They have PlayStation Now, so you can stream PlayStation Three games to your computer, to your PlayStation Four, and you to your PS Five. But then you can also download and play PlayStation Four games to your PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. It's really no different than uh, than Game Pass. Yeah. So. So the PlayStation 5, well, the PlayStation hardware 
in millions of units. The PlayStation 4 in Q1 sold 500,000 copies. The PlayStation 5 sold 2.3 million units. That's a lot of units. So that's a good number. Yeah. The the total hardware, it's so tough, like transferring it all to yen. Software, they made 346 million, I guess, units, or they sold 346 million units. Physical was down to 25 million. Digital was 114 million. And then DLC was a huge part of their revenue stream at 206.63 million yen. So like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, PlayStation Plus is where they're super suffering. They have a monthly active user of 104 million active users worldwide. That doesn't seem big enough. And that's down from Q4 last year at 109, Q3 at 114. So just after that that little spike after E3 last year, mm-hmm. fiscal year 20, 114, 109, 104. That does not seem like a lot of gamers. And I know 100 million is a lot of people. But does that seem small to you? But like, I, also, how many of those people are... Um, oh, wait, this is 104 million active users is that yeah number of playstation plus subscribers and monthly active users on playstation network at the end of each quarter yeah it it's not that much so monthly active users total on the network is 104 playstation plus users is 46.3 million that's tiny yeah and you know that's toronto I, i think i think part of that is uh there's people that um get PlayStation plus for the on multiplayer and for the free games, right? The monthly games, but the monthly games have been kind of lackluster for the last significant amount of time. But then also now you have games like Warzone and more Fortnite and uh, apex legends, all of those games that are online multiplayer games that don't require a PlayStation plus subscription. Uh, I believe Warzone does cause you need Xbox live to use it too. I believe you do not on PlayStation, though. Ah, okay, we'll Google it. Also, way to not call me out for a big mathematical error. (laughs) I said 46 million people was the uh, population of Toronto. That would be 7 million. Yeah, I know. I just just thought you were being, I don't know, sarcastic, but saying Uh, that Toronto is very big. Do you need PlayStation? Because, you know, most people think that (laughs) most people who live in Toronto think that Toronto is the center of the universe. So, wow, you do not need. I learned something today. Yep. Just to play Warzone online. Yeah. Apex so Legends, like, Warframe, and Fortnite also included. So on X on the Xbox platform, free to play games still re- required an Xbox Live uh, subscription. On PlayStation, it was always free. Uh, since the PS4, all free to play games online, you could play them online without PlayStation Plus. It wasn't until recently. Remember the fiasco where uh, Microsoft was trying to increase the price of Xbox Live Gold or something like that? Yeah, and also and the, the same whole time. Epic versus Microsoft and versus Apple thing? Yeah, so it was at the same time that Microsoft announced that uh, you no longer required Xbox Live Gold to play you know, Fortnite, Call of Duty, uh, Warzone, and other free-to-play games. So think about it. If someone is just a diehard Call of Duty fan, that's the only game that they play. And there's a lot of people out there like that. 
right? Why do they need to subscribe to PlayStation Plus if they now can play their game online for free? Truthfully, they don't. Exactly. But that's still a very low player base compared to its comparables. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I know. The other company that dropped its uh, financials this week before we recorded was that little tiny company called EA. I actually read a nice fluff piece on them the other day explaining how EA might be strategically second place to Microsoft for how they acquire and use third-party studios. Okay, well, say, say that again. They are second place to Microsoft. Okay. For how they use and leverage third-party studios. So how EA makes money off third-party studios would be second to Microsoft Mm -hmm. just raking in cash on Bethesda and Sony still being butthurt about it. Sorry, Sony users and Sony. Want to make sure nobody's excluded here. Yeah. Um, Well, the thing is, it's, it's being no secret. Like, when you think of a company that uh, has historically bought other companies and then ruined them, right? Just like kind of like they're like a leech. They just suck them dry, and then when their games are no longer profitable because they they have no cr- more creative control, then EA just gets rid of them, right? Or sorry, the company that we were thinking of would be EA. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, that that's since before Microsoft even started purchasing um, third-party developers. And I think it wasn't really until, what, like a few years ago, like maybe midway through the Xbox One life. I think it was right around, I want to say right around when they were kind of releasing the, or teasing the uh, Xbox One X that they started really showing off the developers that were working for Microsoft and the Xbox platform. Um, but before that, it was always EA bought these, these companies, you know, EA bought Westwood studios, EA bought uh, Maxis, EA bought, you know, great um, games came from them. Respawn, you know, all of these games of EA bought Bioware, you know, all these companies that have made these amazing games on their own, and then were bought up by EA, kept making games, but then each one successively were were lower quality, more microtransactions, just rushed games, right? Um, so, yeah. But now they're second to Microsoft. Yeah. So. But Microsoft is also just pulling out their wallet at the table and being like, do you want to be bought for a hundred million or a hundred and ten? Yeah, that is called big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got it. The 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 crazy thing about EA is EA is now making so much money on microtransactions that they're losing money on other things. And I think it might have a little bit to do with the partnership they have with now Microsoft, where a lot of their games that are nine months old to a year old end up on Game Pass for no charge for people who want to try them. So mm-hmm. there are going to be your your fanatics who are going to buy your FIFAs, your NHLs, your Maddens every year at launch, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be the people like me now who just waits till Madden comes out six months later and I can play it on Game Pass for free. 
Will I still buy NHL every season? Yes, because I'm stupid. Yes, you are. They didn't even make an Xbox Series X version of it last year. And I was like, oh, it's on sale. I'll buy it. I did buy it for $12, though. So that's a win. That is a patient gamer move right there. That was because I refused to buy it at launch. Remember? Mm hmm. Um, they are saying net revenue was up $1.551 million year over year while net or yeah, well net income was 204 million, which is significantly down year over year. That's a full year over the pandemic. A lot of people, um, especially in this EA report are buying digital copies or being patient as David says and downloading later. Um, some of their biggest operating highlights were over 31 million players joined FIFA 21 on console or PC since launch. And each player has spent an average of $26.99. Minimum. That's crazy. $26.99. That's a lot of money. That's 31 million times 26. I know, but it's just kind of funny how like that's the it's it's 20, the equivalent $26. of $26. Um so, so it's like a the, season pass. Uh, no, it's not the season's pass. It's the, the starter pack thing. Oh, yeah. Um, FIFA Ultimate Team matches were up 48% year over year because the gambling aspect is insane in it now. Season not, which is funny because EA gets in trouble for it all the time, but card packs, not illegal because they're random. Uh, net bookings for their trailing 12 months was $6.136 billion, up 3% year over year. Here's the two numbers that I like the most. More than 140 million players are engaged in any EA sports game over the last 12 months. And season nine of Apex Legends, which is a trash game. You're trash, brah. Average more than 13 million active weekly players. It's outperforming other battle royales. It's, it's not touching the big two, but it's close. I'm very interested to see what these numbers look like Q1 2022 after Battlefield's been out for two months. Because Battlefield, oh, what's that? Is it called the Battlefield Portal? Something like that. That is going to change gaming, I think. I think it's going to change the Battle Royale. It's going, I think it's free. I might be wrong. You're talking about like the, the new Battlefield mode that they have where it's like, the, ba- the battle stuff, royale yeah. ba- stuff from all the battlefield games yeah you know i'm super psyched for that that's gonna be so funny and so cool except it could also be game breaking in itself is it free to play i don't know so traditionally the battlefield games aren't they don't have a free to play mode well traditionally is gone I don't know if it is free to play. That'd be sweet. Sign me up. Like I will stop playing Warzone if it's free to play. You could pre-order the portal. Is it a separate game? I think it might be a. I don't know. I will pre-order this game just in case. Maybe I'll get into a beta or something. Well, you know, the good news for uh, people who want to try Battlefield before buying it. There will be an open beta in September, I believe. The game comes out in October, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, so the month before, there's going to be an open beta. You can currently get into the... I think there's a closed beta going on right now. 
I've been trying to frantically get a uh, key. Unfortunately, there's an NDA in regards to the closed beta. Um, but I'm sure there will be some stuff leaked on the uh, this little thing called the internet. Um, but yeah, in September or whatever, there'll be a an open beta, so we're gonna be sure to play that. We the might first, even we might even stream it. Yeah, the first mode talked about was 128 player all out warfare mode, while the second mode is a free to play hazard war, a hazard zone war, which is a smaller scale squad based, but it's ultimate sandbox. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna buy it anyways. How often do Battlefield games come out? If it's anything like Hardline, I'm returning it. A stupid game. Stupid, stupid game. Do you know you can get Battlefield 5 for free right now? On Game Pass? On P- on PC? Uh, yeah, but the redeeming, like, there's a bunch of stuff you have to do. Do you not? No, you, you literally have to just... It, so, uh, Prime... Oh, yeah, you gaming, have to sign Twitch up for Prime. Prime Gaming. No, Twitch Prime. So if you have an Amazon Prime account, you get you get Twitch Prime already. Um, And you get... Uh, free games and shit. And this month they have Battlefield 5. Literally all you have to do is uh they give you a key to redeem on Origin. So you just have to use the uh, EA launcher, which isn't horrible, right? When you think about it, you're getting a free game. Yeah, the EA launcher is pretty bad though. Yeah. Um quickly two more topics before we skedaddle for this week. If you are a Pokemon Snap player, your prayers have been answered. You got two and a half more free levels. That's right. The game got updated. You get 20 new Pokemon. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. Three new areas have been added. There's a secret side path on uh, Florio's Island Nature Park, which is the first level and the only level David's played. Uh, Mighty Wide River and the Barren Badlands will be joining the game. All full free additional research titles, profile uh, profile icons, photo filters, stickers, and more. Um, search options for player photos have been changed as well. When I saw that, tra- um, that trailer, I was like, holy shit, there was a Blastoise? There was this? There was that? There were all these Pokemon that we still haven't captured yet. So it's kind of cool that we're... Uh, I know they exist. Yeah, there, there's some some of the stuff looks like they are going back to some of like the original Pokemon Snap well, locations. They listen to their fans because if there was one more Magikarp thrown into the game and no Gyarados, I think people would have rioted. Like every level had a Magikarp, no Gyarados. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, go back to play that game. You're going to David it in three years. Yeah, I'll beat it in three years. Final topic. You and I both got into the back for blood beta. That opens. You're welcome. You are very welcome. Yeah, I appreciated it. Thank you. I said thank you twice. I know, but I told you how to sign up for it yourself. Yeah, and then I filled out the thing and I couldn't remember the password. And it wouldn't let me change the password because I'm guessing I used a fake email for it. Yeah, wow. so uh, Back for Blood. I was pleasantly surprised to see that there's a uh, closed beta. That everybody and, apparently got into. Well, no, actually, some people didn't. Yeah. Um, it's going on from, well, when 
August 5th to 10th or something like that. It's all weekend. I believe, I believe it's Thursday to Tuesday, like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to try that out because I love me some left for dead gameplay. And if this is an updated version of that, um, sign me up. I'm even more excited that this is going to be a game pass launch title. Yes. And so there's apparently, so I was, I was sifting around cause, uh, you know, me and my ability to play it, uh, very well with a keyboard. Apparently you can also play the closed beta with a, a con or a console controller. So I'm hopeful that that's the case. Oh, well you're going to get your ass kicked. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're just, just good thing that it's a co-op game. Yeah. The game looks good. So from, I'm hoping, from what we've seen, yeah, I'm hoping so. for the best. David and I, uh, I don't think we're allowed to stream the beta. I actually think you can. I think uh, you're allowed to. We could. We could set it up. Who knows? We will. We will try our best. We're going to try and play a few times this weekend. Uh, I, I do have a busier weekend coming up, but we also have a, a really busy week next week coming up on the podcasts times two. Right. We have. Uh, yeah. Our second official showcase episode, which is super exciting. We are going to cover Lords of Waterdeep. Dun, da, da, da. Will <laughs> will David and our good friend Owen be able to dethrone our board game champion, me? Or will I live to see another oh round? Oh my god. You're uh, so, so cocky. It's that wasn't a cocky thing. We were gonna it, make this a thing it, and you ruined it. No, you're so cocky. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, well, David's not gonna edit this out, but I was trying to make it a fun game because we're trying to have fun. And it's not me being cocky. Uh, I won't spoil what happens in the game because it was a nail biter. But Owen started the stream literally with like, we're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, and then the dude freaking is all like, oh, I just want to be nice. Yeah, and then you kept <laughs> slapping him with chores. Yeah, It was great, but you guys can watch that on our YouTube as of Tuesday, as well as following along with our companion episode of Three Men and a Meeple next Tuesday. For podcast stuff, of course, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok now. We uh, we just had our second TikTok go up. It was pretty fun. Oh, exciting. Yeah, um, uh, we're still learning how to use it because we're dumb. But for myself, for David, me, and not our good friend, Owen. Well, he's not he's not part of the show. He's he doesn't <laughs> belong here. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next week on the scene on screen. Pa- uh, catch you next week on the scene on screen podcast. My brain just stopped. Horned acting.